This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oh, your life. It's its really something. I mean, this is just... Can you can it be any more perfect? <laughs> uh, was that an unintentional Matthew Perry tribute, just in the way you it, phrased yeah, that? Yeah, it, it was unintentional, but seriously. I mean, this is, you know, what's so I spend the better part of, like, 16 months railing against, like, having to go to San Francisco. Uh-huh. I go to San Francisco. Yeah. I have an absolutely lovely time in San Francisco, realizing that I'm a schmuck for, like, fighting against this all this time. Uh-huh. As a result of going to San Francisco, me and now at least 60% of my family has COVID. <laughs> With your wife and one of the kids so far? Wife and one of the kids so far. We haven't tested the other two yet, but I mean, and like, am I worried about it? Not really, but right. you know, still, you know, a little bit, you know, right. who needs this shit, you know? Right, right. Like, fuck all of you, because like, I didn't want to go in the first place. Right. Yes. That's, so that's the bottom time. line is that. For all future trips, anytime anyone asks you to go anywhere, you can now say, hey, remember when I didn't want to go to San Francisco and we all got COVID? Well, let's maybe not go to this other place. Let me tell you something else. 1995 is the only other time I've ever been to San Francisco. Uh Got sick then, too. Mm, Not COVID, probably. Not COVID. (laughs) Different. Right. Some vomiting, flu-ish type situation. So I'm 0 for 2 in San Francisco. Third time's a charm. Well, that's 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 probably. That's well, that, we'll we'll never find out. I, we may, probably we the may, answer. We, we may never. I may never leave my house again. <laughs> Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein, who is uh, bravely fighting through COVID to record this week. Uh, this week on a slightly abbreviated, dropping a day early Thanksgiving holiday edition of Gamble On, we'll dig into the California sports betting proposal that may or may not be dead in the water, and my personal connection to it. Plus Florida, Detroit, Fanatics Casino, F1 in Vegas, and more. Yeah, as Eric may or may not have said, I'm, I'm delirious at this point. No guests, <laughs> no guests this holiday week. Just going to be the two of us. But, uh, but stick around for the end of the episode because I'm going to tell you what I'm thankful for, which includes family, and also what I'm not thankful for, which includes fucking COVID. Uh, but first, <laughs> as always, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Our approach worked so well last week that we're doing it again. We'll have one big main story and then a bunch of lightning round discussions of other news. And our main story takes us to California, where there's a mix of optimistic and pessimistic 
mostly pessimistic, if we're being honest. News about the proposed sports betting initiative filed in October by a group called Eagle One Acquisition Company. And the face of this group is a guy named Casey Thompson, who I have a personal slash professional connection to, which I'll divulge in detail shortly. Uh, Thompson and his partners filed this proposal which purports to cleanse offshore operators and help them legally enter the U.S. market, as PokerStars did several years back, and partner them and various already legal U.S. commercial sports books with the California tribes and create a scenario where, in theory, everyone is happy and making money. But some tribal leaders have been very outspoken against this, and last Thursday, the California Nations Indian Gaming Association announced it had voted against the proposal and told Thompson and company to drop the initiatives. Over the weekend, however, Thompson spoke to our colleague and recent guest, Jill Dorson, and told her he's received suggested amendments from the tribes and is incorporating them and plans to update his proposal by a December 1st deadline. He says he won't move forward without the support of the majority of the tribes, which led Jill to raise questions in her article about What if the majority support it, but other tribes are still opposed? Anyway, those are the basics. Before I get into my background with Casey, Jeff, what's your read on this? Is there any chance this works for 2024 or at least lays the groundwork for something that works in 2026? My read on this is unless Victor Rocha, who is the uh, chairman of the California Nations Indian Gaming Association, Mm -hmm. unless Victor Rocha says it's okay, nothing is going to happen in California ever. Uh, I'm starting to think that you're not allowed to sneeze in Sacramento unless Rocha gives the nod. (laughs) Um, For the record, uh, on Twitter, uh, 10 hours ago, as we're recording this, he's continuing to like poo-poo this. He called the attempt clowny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like seriously, unless like this guy like says gives the okay, you know, through you know the eighteen thousand tribes or whatever the number is in California, it's, a, it's just it's a, it's dead in the water. But anyway, you tease your relationship with Casey. What, what's what, what is that? Yeah. So all right. So here I'll say the words full disclosure. I guess here as I go into this. So he was one of the two owners of All In Magazine when they hired me in two thousand five. He remained owner or co-owner until the magazine went out of business in late 2015, which was the third and final time it went belly up. So we have a little bit of a complicated history in that he provided me with a job and money for the better part of a decade, but he also was largely responsible for that job going away several times. Uh, And we have long been financially square, but there were moments along the way when we were not. Uh, I don't think I need to say any more than that uh, on the specifics of it. Uh, All that said, Casey has also had successful businesses. He started Pala Interactive and sold it for big money recently. He's proven great at making connections, raising funds, having outside-the-box ideas and entrepreneurial spirit, etc. But it was definitely kind of amusing when, uh, with me having no idea what he's been up to the last seven years or so, I was talking to Jill a couple of weeks back about these ballot initiatives, and she mentions this Casey guy. And then she again says the name Casey, and I'm thinking, it couldn't be. Uh, and, and I finally ask, who is this Casey you keep referring to? She says, Casey Thompson. And I'm like, um, okay, well, we, we have an in here. Um, so, you know, just laying that all out on the table for our listeners. The guy behind the California ballot initiative is my former employer who I've known for almost 20 years. Um, and, and here's a fun tease that I, that I won't elaborate on. Uh, I once partied with Casey and Danny Masterson. Hope I'm not canceled oh, for geez. saying that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nothing untoward occurred, at least that I witnessed. Sure, sure. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's an interesting concept, but like it just seems, uh, it's an interesting concept, like this uh-huh. idea of bringing in like the offshores. You know, Canada, Ontario, like they're they're doing that a little bit, right? Right. It seems to be working okay enough, but like, why are we doing that? Like, I don't know. It just it, it seems convoluted. It seems like you know pie in the sky, and again, it seems unless you get the, the Victor Rocha on board, like it's right. just not going to happen. Right. And maybe they will. Maybe that 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 will be the key where it turns is that they get like they're basically like two outspoken tribal leaders uh, that Rocha and uh, the James Siva uh, have been outspoken against this. We don't really know how anyone else necessarily feels. Uh, Casey is claiming that a lot of them are very are in favor of this, but they haven't been uh, very vocal about it. Um, But yeah, I mean, that'll be the key. It would seem as if they can flip those guys. And I have no idea how what that's going to take. I I did about an hour-long interview with Casey a couple of weeks ago about all this and passed the quotes along to Jill, who was writing the story. And over the course of that conversation, he alternately convinced me this was a great plan and a great proposal and confused me. Um, I, I, <laughs> I was just going back and forth between, oh, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I have no idea what you're trying to t- tell me right now. Um, I, I still don't quite get how he cleanses the offshores. That That's obviously central to, whole, to the whole thing and is, is kind of going over my head. But he does seem oddly confident that, that despite these few outspoken opponents, that, that he says he has most of the tribes on his side or at least will have them on his side once he makes a few tweaks. But uh, I, I don't know. I, the, the way you described it was probably uh, right, that it's it's all kind of pie in the sky. It's all convoluted. It's an interesting topic to discuss, and maybe it will prove an effective building block for something in 2026. Kind of seems like, uh, you know, uh, hitting a 10-leg parlay for this to for this to really go anywhere in 2024. But I, I will say that, that Casey tends to surround himself with smart people and deep-pocketed people, and um, so, you know, I've learned I've learned to never quite count him out. Exact opposite of me. I surround myself with poor schmucks. <laughs> and we can always count you out right from the yeah, get-go. Right from okay. the get-go. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's start the lightning round. And uh, I'm going to do my best to just give these all one sentence or two sentence setups. Uh, first up, Florida. An appeal by the paramutuals to try to have the Hard Rock Bet app shuttered was denied Friday by the Florida Supreme Court. And on Monday, the paramutuals filed for an extension before submitting their case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, Jeff, you're the Alan Dershowitz of this podcast. Uh, Give me your quick two cents on these legal developments. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote down a few things here, which I normally don't do. But this is a difficult, obviously, like Florida has been a difficult thing to understand. So let Mm -hmm. let me just get my notes out here. Uh, whereas pursuant to the individual, (laughs) would you like me to continue? (laughs) I mean, so far you're making about as much sense as a modern day Alan Dershowitz. So it's up to you. I'll start over. Okay. (laughs) Without, without your comment. Thank you. Uh, Whereas pursuant to the indubitable proclivity, pro, I don't know how pronounce this word, proclivities of their heretofore enunciated statutes, mm-hmm. and considering the requisite congruence <laughs> with established jurisprudence, it's uh, hereby decreed that this perspicuous amalgamation, maybe, of pre-existing <laughs> legal precedents shall henceforth imbue the veritable essence of jurisprudential fabrications. Furthermore, in accordance, this is, by the way, what happens when you type in uh, to ChatGPT, give me three senses of legal nonsense. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, 
But right. I have no idea. What are you asking me? Seriously, this is I. I'll tell you, the, the longer it lasts, the more I think it, Florida is going to be a one-horse town. Yeah. Hard Rock Bet's going to be the only game in town. And they're going to be probably the sixth or seventh biggest sports book in America just from Florida. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's the interesting point that because, uh, I, yeah, I saw a note somewhere to that effect that based on, you know, A, the size of some of these bets we're seeing, as we discussed last week, and the population of the state, that, that Hard Rock Bet having a monopoly in Florida, yeah, makes Hard Rock Bet one of the top six or seven or so in the nation by market share. Um, so I don't I I don't have any clue what the hell is going to happen long term, but short term, at least. Yeah, the, this, this app is clearly staying up a while. Um, it seems the Seminoles launched it with confidence surely after talking to all their lawyers or at least uh, consulting with ChatGPT that, that <laughs> they had confidence that, that nobody would be able to immediately make them take it down again. They probably wouldn't have relaunched it if they were particularly concerned about that. So that seems to be where it's headed, at least in the short term, is this app is staying up a while and will have a monopoly for, I don't know, about forever, but for a couple of years at least before some of the other operators figure out a way in. I, I would expect that to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just leaning towards it just because of the, you know, just not because of any legal insight, but just because it's the way things are going, right? Yep. It certainly seems that way. Yep. Uh, next up uh, on Friday, after about a month long strike, the Detroit Casino Council and the city's three casinos announced they reached a tentative agreement for a new 64 month contract, except MGM Grand workers rejected the contract. So only two of the three casinos are getting back to full strength. Uh, Jeff, you're the Samuel Gompers of this podcast. Uh, thoughts on this 66.6% uh, resolution? Fellow comrades in the sanctified pursuit of labor's harmonious orchestration, <laughs> let us fortify the jamboree of solidarity with the tincture of camaraderie, forsooth, with fervent ardor, let the symphony of unified toil resound, as the rhapsody of equitable wages and collective bargaining envelops our noble vocation. That's what you get when you type in, give me Samuel Gomper's nonsense about... Uh, <laughs> you know, unions in the uh, 1870s style. Okay. I, 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 was un, I was unsure if you were, if that was chat GPT or like actual Gompers quotes that you had found. No, those, that's chat. Okay. okay. I, I, I love chat. It's so much fun. I know you do. It's fun, but no. So this, I don't know, I guess better. I guess the MGM workers think they could just get a better deal. Yeah. What, what else is there to it? And yeah. I'm sure they will. Yeah, that's what always ends up happening with this stuff. Yeah. We talked last week about leverage and those MGM grand workers have, plenty of leverage it would you would think right now if the other two casinos are humming at full strength right mgm grand's got to be suffering in terms of customers everyone's going to the other casinos instead of them so I'm, I'm guessing that those workers will get some extra concessions and and i would guess this this part of the conflict will get resolved very soon yeah but yeah i mean listen if you're if, if you're in a union you fight for everything you got right I mean, what else yep. are you gonna do Oh, very, that was very Gompers-esque. That was very, that wasn't, that was, that was not Chachi. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I, I like unions. I think unions are good. Uh -huh. I think unions that are too strong are not good. Right. I think unions have to be just strong enough to keep management in check. But once they get too strong, then you start, you know, it, the, the, there's an imbalance. Gompers would never have said what you just said. Gompers no. would not have said that. No. no. So, I mean, but the, it, it fits with my generally moderate political stances. Okay. Uh, next item. Fanatic... LC 2040. <laughs> 2040. Let's see. What's it now? 20... How old are you going to be? Late 60s? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yep. That's 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 the prime of a 
potential presidential candidate, yeah. I suppose. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to get that website if no one's taking it yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's available. You think it's available? It might be. I think so. It might, yeah. It'll, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next item, uh, Fanatics Casino is here. Um, well, not here. It's in West Virginia only for now. But the latest casino app has arrived. It debuted Thursday within the Fanatics Sportsbook app in the state and will presumably come to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Michigan soon. Anything to say, Jeff, about them basically going the soft launch route by testing things out in West Virginia first? Listen, I think overall Fanatics is, has, has been pretty smart, right? Um, throughout all of this rollout, casino, sportsbook, whatnot, uh, I can't think of <clears throat> I can't think of one hiccup that they've had. Yeah. Um, slow and steady may not win the race, but it will certainly prevent us from writing stories about how you know fucked up their rollout's been because it hasn't been. It's been right. really it, it's been non-eventful, which I'm sure is exactly what they were going for. You're absolutely right that this uh, slow and steady will not win the race, uh, it would appear, but uh, helps you to be a respectable player within the race. And that seems to be what they're aiming for at this point. Uh, and yeah, this is their move. Open up in beta mode, or, or in this case, open up in the smallest state in which you'll have access and work out the kinks and and then go full launch. Um, but, you know, casino isn't like sportsbook. Customers don't need lots of outs and lots of options. So as a citizen of whatever state, I'm basically unmoved by any new online casino launch. I'm, I'm fired up maybe when my state passes iCasino. But if I have four sports books and three of them have casino, I as a customer don't care if the fourth adds casino. But for Fanatics business, uh, obviously, this is great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just I, I'm happy for Fanatics. Again, I just think that they, they are clearly taking great pains to not fuck up, yep. which is which in, in this very speedy uh, online gambling, online casino world. I think there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Next, we have a couple of quick record numbers to acknowledge. Uh, New Jersey scored its biggest online casino revenue month ever in October with $166.8 million. And Pennsylvania reached a sports betting handle high in October, clearing $800 million for the first time, landing on $829 million. These markets are not fully mature yet, it seems. Uh, Jeff, how much of that $166.8 million in New Jersey was yours via Blackjack Tilt? I think about $100. Um, okay. But those days $100, are, uh, not $100 million. $100. Okay. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah I, 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 I've gone and limited myself everywhere I could. I, I, I've okay. been too crazy lately. But this, I'll tell you, this New Jersey thing, man, you know, I'm here in New Jersey, obviously. Uh-huh. Just past 10 years since it was legalized online casino, and we're still hitting records. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me wonder where the ceiling is. Also, should we be a little worried that we haven't hit the ceiling yet? Mm. Like, you know, let's stop losing money, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's right. There are, it, there are definitely, look, for all of the celebration of the revenue and the tax revenue, yes, we sometimes lose sight of there are people losing well, there are obviously lots of people losing money, some of them losing money that they're having fun losing and can afford to lose, and right. many of them not so much on those fronts. Uh, yeah, I'd, so. love, I'd love to see what numbers actually are, you know, and we're never going to see it. I'd love to see the breakdown. Who's losing? What's their salary? You know, how much money do they have? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how often? You know, I, I am curious, but I mean, this is, 
you know, I guess I'll have to wait like 30 years or some stuff, you know. Right. That's the thing. You'd have to, right. You'd have to take a, a random sampling of a lot of people and, and get some statistics there. And we're never really going to no. see that. But um, I, I don't have a ton to add about these uh, numbers, except that October with, you know, as we've discussed, uh, five Sundays and football all month long. It was it was huge for all online gambling, having sports to bet converts to online casino spending it all goes together so a lot of records fell last month and will continue to fall as the last remaining states report and uh, you know just follow chris altuda's twitter feed for that's it. details that's it all right finally uh the las vegas grand prix f1 race is over and not surprisingly it generated more betting handle in nevada than any previous f1 race had i hope it was a worthwhile payoff for about four months of nightmare traffic on and around the strip Jeff, did you load up on Max Verstappen bets? No, I, I didn't. I didn't bet on at the F1 race. Sometimes I do play F1 DFS when I'm feeling, uh, you know, particularly ready to lose money on a sport I know nothing about. <laughs> right. That's about the extent of it. That, that's about all you're gonna get. By the way, how do I sound? <laughs> uh, husky. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you might like that uh, that that adjective. No one's ever called me husky before. It's... <laughs> it can it can be a negative when talking sure. about one's uh, one's build, but when talking yes. about one's voice, it's about you're like you're the Kathleen Turner of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. There's right. the triumvirate. Uh, we had uh, Dershowitz, Gompers, and Kathleen and, Turner. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say normally husky is referred to like slightly overweight eight year old boys. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, but in this case, your voice right. is kind of. I, I, I don't want to say flinty like on Seinfeld. I, I'm going husky. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Did you, <laughs> did you bet F1? Uh, I did not. I'm, I'm actually mildly annoyed not to have because I glanced at the odds and I said to myself, doesn't this Verstappen guy always win? And, and then I didn't act on it. But mm. yeah, I have a friend who says F1 is the most predictable sport there is. And he bets it a lot. Um, I don't know. Auto racing. It's just never done anything for me. I'll tell you what would be a great televised auto sport put cameras on people in the passenger seat with my daughter who just got her license like two weeks ago mm. as she merges onto the highway. That's a, that's, that's a great reality TV show. Uh, how old uh, is your oldest, Jeff? How close are you 14. to having a driver? Okay. So 14. you're still a couple years away. Thank God. It, yeah. It's it's terrifying. She's, she's getting better and better, but I am just constantly terrified for her, for me, whether I'm in the car, whether I don't, whether I'm not in the car, but I know she's out driving on her own. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to relax. It's awful. I, I half wish I lived in Manhattan and my kids yeah. never had to learn how to drive and we just took the subway everywhere. Yeah, I don't understand. My son, who is a certified lunatic, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to survive him behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. I, like, it's just, yeah, I, 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 don't, I can't fathom it. But, you know, I somehow my parents made it through with me. So. <laughs> right. Yes, that's that's the only thing that's making me believe I will eventually relax is that every parent goes through this and they do eventually learn to trust their kid behind the wheel. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a long way away at this point. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to bagels and locks and our betting bankroll shortly, but uh, first let's detour for some quick real-life betting tales. Uh, I'll go first, if you don't mind, Jeff. Uh, so um, 
we mentioned last week we each signed up for ESPN bet and got the five fifty dollar bonus bets. Yeah, I crapped out. Crapped out entirely, like oh for yep. five, nothing. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Nothing. So so I know the right strategy is to do plus money with free bets because you only get the profit. So, you know, it's totally stupid to take a, a, a minus 500 favorite and return 10 bucks. Um, right. Semi-stupid to take a minus 110. But as a nit whose usual bet size is between 10 and 20 bucks, with $50 bonus bets, a $45 win is not insignificant. So, so, so I did a mix. I didn't want to go 0 for 5 and crap out Edelstein style. So... I did. I did simple sides with two of my bets. Took, to be fair, my yeah. short, my shortest odds were like plus three forty. I, I went for it. Okay, so you went for. It. Okay, yeah. uh, did did you come close on any no, of them? No. Did not. Okay. All right. So so two of them again. I just did standard. I think they were like minus one hundred fives, not minus one tens. But regardless, Panthers plus ten and a half against Dallas. I got destroyed. Steelers plus three and a half against the Browns. I eked that one out. So so I had something to show for this, no matter what. Took a semi-painful loss on a same-game parlay on the Thursday night Ravens-Bengals game. You know, you were talking about the fact that you can parlay touchdown scorers and non-touchdown scorers, right, and that right. sounded appealing to me. So I liked the odds on Gus Edwards to score a touchdown and Lamar not to score a touchdown. And then I tossed in a safe Rashad Bateman not to score at minus uh, 650. He hasn't scored a touchdown all season. Gus scores the first TD. Lamar doesn't score. But just before halftime, Lamar scrambles, finds Bateman in the end zone. For, so uh, could have won almost 150 bucks, but that one loses. Also did a standard six-point teaser at the very mediocre price of plus 138. Got the Jags to minus one, the Niners to minus five and a half, and the Dolphins, after the line had ballooned, teased them down to seven and a half. So I lost that tease by a half point. Um, so the last bonus bet I placed. Uh, now, bear in mind, um, none of my other results were in yet when I placed this, except the Thursday night football same game parlay loss. But I decided to take a shot with one of my bets, relatively, by my standards, take a shot. Started playing with moving some lines around. I moved the Dolphins to minus six. It was minus 360 juice on that leg, but I wanted to get to where I felt comfortable on that one. I dropped the 49ers to minus 10. That was minus 150 juice, but again, I was comfortable at that number. I liked the Rams to beat the Seahawks. I'd just really come around on them in that game, so money line there, minus 105. And all week, I liked the Vikings. I think they were plus two at the time. I said, let's buy another point, move them to plus three with minus 135 juice. So four leg parlay comes out to plus 624. It'll return $312 if it hits. So the early games play out on Sunday. I've lost all my bonus bets except the Steelers. The Dolphins win by seven. So the, so that's one leg down on this. In the late afternoon games, the Niners are leading, flirting with covering the 10 or not covering the 10 all game. And the Rams fall two scores behind against the Seahawks. I assume it isn't happening for me. Then the Rams start to come back, and they score to cut it to a 16-14 deficit, and Geno is hurt. Right around this time, the Niners get a key stop. They're up 13. It's clear they're going to run it out the clock and cover. So I've got two legs. I'm starting to think about hedging. I'm checking the live odds. I wait for the Seahawks to have to punt, and the Rams. Uh, Jesus, fight. did you win or lose, for Christ's sake? <laughs> We're getting there. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll speed through this part that I, that I did a little hedge on the Seahawks money line. Uh, so I'd have a little something to show for this and ended up losing that $30 hedge because uh, the Rams won when Jason Myers missed the game winning field goal as time expired to keep my parlay alive. So now I'm up to the final leg. And of course, I'm hedging again. I need the Vikings plus three. My debate is, do I do Broncos minus two and a half or Broncos money line? Chose the latter at minus 145 odds for 100 bucks to win 69. Again, 
I've locked in some profit off this final bonus bet, and I have a chance at the middle. And I got to say, this is the most fun sweat I've had on a sports bet in a long time. My whole goal watching that that Sunday night game is that I just want the game to stay close. And the dream scenario is Denver winning by one or two. We have Denver driving down five. It's all coming into focus. If they score here, they'll go for two. I need them to score, but fail on the two-point conversion. And that exact scenario plays out. I hit my middle. I win the $312 from the bonus bet. I win another 69 in the Denver money line. And I get to do the very nitty Raskin move of I immediately withdraw more than I deposited and still have a couple hundred bucks to play with that is purely house money. And yes. I know this is all, it's all small potatoes. You know, there are out, people out there winning million dollar parlays. But for me, this was an all-time great personal sports betting triumph. That really was. That, that's impressive. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I, I understand you have some uh, sports betting tales to tell as well. All right. So, you know, I live in Jersey, right? But, you know, we don't – so I don't have pick'em, so I can't play underdog or prize picks or whatever. Um, right. You know, the pick'em game. But the first thing I did while I was in California – well, actually, the first thing I did was get fucking COVID. The second thing I did, <laughs> right. the second thing I did while in California was play some underdog pick'em. Won the first one, like two picks, got paid three to one. All okay. right. Got greedy, went for one of those 20 to one shots, you know, five picks. Uh-huh. And I won that. So, all oh. right, this is good. So then on the way home, sitting in the airport, I said, ah, one more. So I put five picks in. Hurts, uh, anytime touchdown. Okay. Boom. Right. Mahomes, under passing yards. Boom. Nice. Devonta Smith, over receiving yards. Boom. Right. Michael Beasley, over points in whatever game he was playing. I don't even know. <laughs> Boom. Didn't know he was still in the NBA. Okay. Good to know. And then Avita's Zubats over there on the Clippers, uh-huh. over 19 and a half points assist and rebounds. Would you like to know what he finished with? I'll let you know. In the most Edelsteinian result ever, he I hit the first four, obviously, right. and Zubats gets me 19 points, assists, and rebounds. <laughs> one more board, one more assist, one point. Alas, I did not win. Wow. And what what would that one have paid? Well, I, I mean, 105, 20 to 1. Oh, so you just risked five to win a hundred. Yeah, okay. yeah. Got, you know, I, did, okay. I didn't get crazy. I didn't roll everything into it. So it was right. a profitable adventure. Minus the COVID. But right. yeah, I was one assist, rebound, or point away from right. hitting two five out of fives. So that's that's a little aggravating. But yeah. what else? You know that you're describing uh, these these um, these these shots you took. It sounds an awful lot like sports betting. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it really I, does. I, not passing judgment, not saying what should or yeah, shouldn't no, be legal, no. but that, that sure t- sounded like someone describing a sports bet to me. Well, again, going back to what I said last week, I think that if if we were all you know reasonable human beings here, if you're putting money down on something, it's gambling. The end. Yep. If you're right, putting the money down on something where the outcome is right. not predetermined. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like yep. what else? Be it sports betting, be it DFS, be it stock market, you name it. If right. you're putting money into something and you have a chance to lose that money and a chance to win more money, that's gambling. Yep. All right. I I agree with your definition. Good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now let's update the betting bankroll, uh, which is uh, mostly cursed like your final prize picks bet rather than charmed like my bonus bet. Uh, You broke exactly even last week, Jeff. You you nailed the three-team teaser. You had the perfect number on the Dolphins. The Lions pulled off the big comeback win for you. And then the one that I was nervous about, the Bills, was actually the cakewalk for you. So you won $160, but that was offset. By Jameer Gibbs coming up a few yards short short of his prop, loss of $110. 
and no Trey McBride touchdown, loss of 50. Uh, moving on to my bets, the key boxing match uh, where I picked Navarrete by decision was a great fight, a close 12-rounder, went the distance. I thought Navarrete would get the win in a close fight since he's the house fighter, and he scored the fight's two knockdowns, but the judges had it a draw, which blows up everything. Any bet I would have placed on that fight other than a draw would have lost, so I lost the $50 on Navarrete by decision, another 30 on the parlay of Navarrete by decision and Stevenson by decision, which, of course, the second leg hit, and I also lost my 10 bucks trying the 30-to-1 shot on Stevenson to score two knockdowns. I parlayed a Stevenson win, which, as I said, hit with Dolphins minus 11.5, Dolphins only won by 7, I lost us $100 on that. And my five-team money line underdog round robin went two for five. I missed on Bengals, Steelers, and Vikings, but hit on Packers and Eagles. So one of the 26 legs wins. We risked $78. We returned 17. That means we lost 61. And for the week, we lost $251. We're now down by 4779 We also have 2771 on Holden Futures bets, and that leaves us with 2450 available to bet with this week, just under a quarter of our starting bankroll at our disposal. I'm up first, um, and I'm going to follow Captain Jack's advice about boxing. He said, just bet straight up on a winner. This one's risky, because I see a big favorite I like, who should be an even bigger favorite. So there's value, but we have to risk a lot to win a little. If it fails, it decimates our bankroll. I blame (laughs) Jack. Uh, On Saturday, the second-to-last fight on a pay-per-view from Vegas, undefeated Jermall Charlo, twin brother of Jermell Charlo, who lost to Canelo a couple of months ago. He returns from a long layoff against Jose Benavidez Jr., the brother of David Benavidez, who's headlining this card. David Benavidez is a tremendous young fighter. His older brother, Jose Jr., eh, he hasn't looked world-class in years. This strikes me as just an easy shake-off-the-rust fight for Charlo, a mismatch. I can't see any realistic path to defeat. And normally, a fight like that, I'd expect him to be, like, minus 1,200 at least. FanDuel has him just minus 670. I'm I'm honestly about, like, 97% sure he wins. And just in case, uh, if it's a draw, this is a two-way market, so we get a refund if it's a draw. But here we go. Uh, A safe bet for a huge chunk of our bankroll to win just a little something. $670 to win 100 on Charlo winning this fight that he can't possibly lose. Um... I'm already feeling stressed about risking this much <laughs> fake bank mo- bankroll money in this manner. I think it's fine. I mean, I mean it's fake anyway. So, but I think, right. but you know, all right. So, listen, I have a bet here, but like, I, I'm gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna price it, okay? I'm gonna so, price it, meaning like I'm going to tell, tell you me how, how much we're risking. Yep, yep, okay, yep, all right, okay. Because I think what I want to do here, I, it's like a pre-arb, okay? Um, mm. The Seahawks, their next four games. They're, they're six and four right now. Uh, right. Okay. Their next four games are against at home against San Francisco, at Dallas, at 49ers, home against the Eagles. Oof. Yeah, that's tough. They could very easily be six and uh, eight. Six and eight, or, or yeah, I guess you know, sort of the I guess the median outcome or mean seven outcome. And seven. seven and seven is probably yeah. what you expect. Yeah. Okay. They're minus 340 to make the playoffs at FanDuel, okay? Uh-huh. I want to bet against that. At, at Caesars, I could go 320 for them to not make the playoffs. Okay. The idea being is that they lose these four games, and all of a sudden they're going to be plus money to make the playoffs. Right. And then I can bet both sides. So you you tell me what do you, what should we bet? Because I plan that that's that's my. Right. If it comes I, to if if they are 
seven and seven or six and eight, you'll then or even pop, possible, then, they might they might right. be six and six, and like the Bucks might be you know six and six when this is after two weeks. You know, right. I might I, I might I I if it if at, if at is, any point it flips to plus money to make the playoffs, you'll you'll jump on it. I, and even I I can even jump on it at minus one fifty and still make money. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, but right, that's, true. I, it all hinges on them losing. Obviously, you know, at least the next two games, right. which, okay. you know, they're banged up. Gino's banged up. I don't know. I think they're going to lose the next two games. So okay. with the idea being that I'm going to come back to this to right. lock it profit, you tell me what to bet. Okay. I so, a- so I feel like in a normal, under normal circumstances, you would probably do like 100 to win 320 here. Right, right. I, re- I like the logic behind it. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm willing to, I'm willing to put up a hundred for now so that we, so that we have a, a, a decent amount to, to consider right. for the hedge. Uh, all right, yeah, I was going to, I was going to put like 300, but all right, oh. we'll do 100. We'll do 100. <laughs> yeah, That's 300, fine. 300 would be if we had $10,000 in our bankroll. All I, right, I, fine, but fine. let's, let's do a hundred to win 320. I think that's right. fair. Good okay. Enough. All right. Um, so you, you know all the stats about the rate at which unders are hitting in the NFL. Oh, uh, yeah. This week, I see three games where I, I, I just can't imagine where the points come from. Um, two of these have very low lines, but but so be it. I, I just can't imagine the offenses generating points in these games. But I'm not going to parlay them. I'm just doing three straight bets, $55 to win 50 on each, with the thinking being that we should go two for three and grind out a profit. Uh, the games are Steelers-Bengals under 34.5. Now, Pittsburgh firing Matt Canada rattles me just a tiny bit, but still. Bengals with the backup quarterback Browning against this outstanding Steelers defense. Kenny Pickett is heading toward a nice long career as a second string quarterback who bounces from team to team. I like under 34 and a half there. Uh, Browns and Broncos under 35 and a half. The Browns defense is historically great. I don't see how Denver's putting up lots of points. And the Browns offense, Dorian Thompson Robinson, they managed 13 against the Steelers. This one is staying under 35 and a half. And then Chiefs and Raiders. The total here is 44. I got to say, the Chiefs' defense is elite. Watching them this week against the Eagles, their blitzes, they, they were beating up the Eagles' outstanding offensive line most of that game. The Raiders will not be scoring many points against them. And the Chiefs are not exactly an offensive juggernaut this season. They haven't scored a point in the second half in three weeks. This feels like 24-7 Chiefs or something. Maybe 24-14 with a garbage time touchdown. And it's a primetime game. The primetime under stat is insane. What is it? It's like... 11 of the last 12 or something like that. So those are my three unders. I'm not parlaying them. Just going 55 bucks each. All right. I like it. Uh, I am going for a little Thanksgiving action here. Jared Goff under and under coming from me. Good. Uh, 253 and a half yards at minus 114, 100 bucks at FanDuel. Or 114 bucks at FanDuel. 114 to win 100. Okay. Yeah. Goff, Goff has hit this number half the time this year. All right, so, you know, half and half. Packers have only given up this number once. All right. Mm. Uh, the Lions want to run the ball right. as opposed to throw the ball. Packers, uh, you know, they're they're got a billion and one injuries. I don't know. It just feels like the Lions can, you know, this, this game goes you know, more often than not. It's, you know, 27-10 Lions with them running the ball 40 times. Right. Okay. Uh, I have no strong opinions on this one, uh, but now I know what side I'm rooting for. Um for my final bet, doing a Wednesday night NBA bet, and I'm going against my team. Uh, the Sixers are in Minnesota tonight. Minnesota is legit good. 
The Sixers just lost a tough overtime game at home against Cleveland Tuesday night. Now they play the second game of a back-to-back, and they have to fly out to Minnesota for it. The Timberwolves are rested. They didn't play Tuesday. They've won nine of their last ten. They're only favored by three and a half here. I really like them to cover that. Uh, you know, it's partially a schedule loss for the Sixers, partially just Minnesota may be the better team. And of, at, of course, at first glance, three and a half scared me because my mind goes to football and I'm on the <laughs> wrong side of the hook. But in basketball, obviously, no such thing. I like the T-Wolves here. I will show some degree of responsibility with the bankroll, some degree of, of, of betting less because our bankroll is limited. Let's go 77 to win 70, Minnesota minus three and a half. All right. I actually love that bet, and I'll love it even more in probably two or three hours when Embiid's rolled out. Yeah. Hey, if that happens, uh, then right. the, the line yeah. will move quite a bit. And, and yeah, I, uh, this would be a perfect spot for them to decide to rest him. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, give me Brandon Cooks, Thanksgiving Day, anytime touchdown. Uh, I found him at plus uh, 240 at FanDuel. Uh, you know, we'll go 50 bucks. I know you're telling me I got to be responsible. But uh, <laughs> it's okay. – uh, yeah, but he's, uh, you know, the Cowboys are throwing the shit out of the ball. The commanders cannot defend the pass. True. Cooks does well in domes, you know, on the fast tracks. I just, I, everything lines up. One one of these weeks, you're you banking on somebody passing for successfully against the commanders. Every week, no. Right. I, I, it's been, I even built a few DFS teams last week with uh, Tommy DeVito and Darius Slayton. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I did not, I did not back down yeah just fucking the one week i went all in when the patriots right and of course you know uh three three second uh, discussion of best ball darius slayton's on my best ball team he was one of my one of my like my second to last pick he was sitting out there i was like what the hell and had me a great week uh, last week and of course got injured and uh which uh, you you know well because he was on your dfs teams but yes yeah all right anyway uh that was more than three seconds and uh, <laughs> thus over the limit for acceptable best ball team specifics discussions. Uh, time now for bagels and locks. I won last week with the 49ers minus 11 and a half to improve to six and three. Jeff lost with the KC Philly over trying to defy the primetime under trend and paying the price. Jeff falls to five and four. I'll be quick with my lock this week. Cause I already explained it. It's the chiefs Raiders under uh, I locked it in at 44 for my bankroll bet, but uh, it, I'll, I, I'll note that it has dropped as of recording time to 43 and a half. So uh, to be fair, I'll use that number. That's 43 and a half as of our recording time. That's my lock of the week under 43 and a half. You know, it's interesting. My lock uh, is from the same game and okay. it, it follows kind of similar rationale that you have. I'm, I'm taking the Raiders plus nine and a half. Okay. Uh, they've been playing peppy. Since they fired, uh, you know, uh, McDaniel's, so it seems like a lot of points to give, you know, for the Chiefs to be given when the Chiefs can't score. Right. Okay. So there we're somewhat, uh, although the the score totals that I threw out there as guesses of twenty four seven and twenty four fourteen are not are not your friends here, but uh, but uh, those are random random numbers are thrown. They are out. random numbers. Yes. They are. They are not. They are not the. I, I do not. I cannot see the future, despite uh, what my ESPN <laughs> bonus bet success may suggest. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks everybody out there for listening. Actually, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, thanks for listening all year long, and uh, thanks to you, Jeff, for being a damn fine podcast co-host and for gutting out 
this, this is your famous COVID game uh, that we'll be talking about for generations. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. Yeah, so listen, man, I, I, I spent the better, you know, I'm a pain in the ass as a general rule, but I spent the better part of the last year being annoyed that I had to fly out to San Francisco for my brother's kid's bar mitzvah. You know, I mean, that's a heavy lift, right? I got to take my kids out of school. You got to spend a fortune, you know, on airfare, you know, hotels, whatever. It looked negative EV on paper, you know, but we went. And I got to tell you, we had, a, we had a really good time. Everyone had a really good time. You know, all the little cousins, they were so happy to see each other. You know, they only see each other like once a year. So, you know, no regrets. You know, and I realized, you know, I took an important lesson out of this. That, you know, my brother, he's my only, he's my only sibling, you know. Even though he lives a continent in a way, you know, family's important. So, yeah, I'd say overall positive EV in the end, right? Hmm. As a result, my entire fucking family has COVID. <laughs> I am filing a lawsuit against my brother. Not sure what the courts are going to say. You know, time will tell. But until then, happy Thanksgiving and gamble on.